podcast about something where each week we dive deep into whatever it is we find interesting. I'm your host, Calvin, and joining me straight out of Compton, it's your co-host, Nick Richardson. And you know what the fuck what, man? I have no Vaseline. Ooh. It's going to be rough. I need that we out here. We are talking rap beefs. I was almost going to say classic rap beefs, but some of these are far from classic. We are just talking some rap beefs throughout history, some whack. We're, we're, we're covering the whole spectrum, whack to great. Um, so we've got a couple whack, we've got a couple kind of middle ground, and then we've got a couple just like absolutely top tier ones. Some thing we'll... slapping beefs. Oh yeah, definitely slapping beefs. <laughs> like Rocky out there. Yeah. No? You didn't get that? No, I, I get it. Punches but the, yeah. I had right, a but just in case the listeners didn't get it, you know. Uh, we will not be covering Notorious B.I.G. versus Tupac. We did a whole episode on Notorious B.I.G. sometime in 2018. 19. Go listen to that. Or 2019. Go listen to that instead. Yeah, it's uh, actually, we talked, it yeah, we, we went pretty deep into Biggie and Pac there, so I don't think we need to revisit that now because we just say the same things. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Biggie's better. Biggie's better. That's what we settled on. So you guys know, I mean, that's a, that's fact that we established. So, fuck. Yeah. So we're going to run through. We have eight different beefs. We're going to go back and forth uh, with who introduces it and kind of talks about it. And we're going to start at the wackest and work our way up to the best. Oh, hell yeah. Because we want to get these whack ones out of the way first. Yeah, because they're fucking whack. They're whack. So speaking of whack, <laughs> let's start right at the beginning. Let's start with to... a whack attack. Let's ha- whack, 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 whack. No. Whack attack. Uh, Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy. The best of the best. Let me just give it a... A slow golf clap because, sir, this is not just a classic. It's classy. It, oh, yeah. This was one that I followed at the time because I've always really <laughs> liked Bow Wow. And, you have always really liked Bow Wow. I, I have, and I'll always put him out there. And <laughs> I, when I was 13, Lil Bow Wow, like we're the same age. So I started listening to Lil Bow Wow when he was 13. I just kind of grew with him. And it, he's not great, and I get that, but I'll ride for him whenever. So in 2009, he and Soldier Boy went at it, and I just, I, it was very entertaining to watch. Uh, I didn't care who was winning or doing better. It was just a very funny thing to see. Uh, it started in February of 2009. Uh, they had just, in December of 2008, they had just recorded a song together, Marco Polo, which, uh, great jam. Great Never. summer jam. Never. Uh, Marco Polo. Marco Polo. Marco great song check it out it's not very good no. uh so soldier boy uploads a video to his youtube account after buying a new lamborghini and issued a challenge to bow wow to race him for his car fine oh great. fuck he's like bro you were in the fast and the furious yeah you gotta win this uh, car. well yeah he was tokyo drift yeah that still counts so bow wow took umbrage with this uh to soldier boy's remarks he filmed a clip of himself in his own lamborghini disparaging soldier boy's own pricey car before issuing his own challenge back on soldier boy to race him which like if somebody challenges you to a race you can't be like no i challenge you to a race bitch you said you said the same thing <laughs> pretty much in, in the same car too like oh, again, my car's better again this was super entertaining to watch uh 
it might have started a little earlier uh, because there was like an interview with Soldier Boy where he claimed Nas had killed hip hop and Bow Wow then released a freestyle with the line, I would never disrespect Nas, I'm not Soldier Boy. So like Bow Wow kind of called him out there, but it really started with the, the uploading of the videos. Dude, this something I learned is these rap beefs start over the dumbest, dumbest shit. Dumbest shit, yes. Dumb Absolutely. as fuck. And yeah, we'll be covering the gamut of dumb shit that starts rap battles. Uh, so this one, there wasn't a whole lot of rapping involved in this beef. No, but neither. There, really there were a couple great. of freestyles on YouTube. Uh, Bow Wow is pretty good when he wants to be. Like if he if he puts the time in and tries to be, he he can be pretty good. Soldier Boy's not. No, uh, Soldier Boy's not. But this was mostly like a YouTube talking battle. Uh, there were maybe two freestyle. All of the videos are gone from YouTube, as as far as I could tell. Every like article that I read on it like had links to videos that none of the links worked anymore. So it's kind of been erased from existence. But so this wasn't so much of a rap beef. It was shitty YouTube video beef. The wackest insult I heard is not even an insult. Soldier Boy could not pronounce Gallardo, which uh, it's a Lamborghini Gallardo, G-A-L-L-A-R-D-O. It's Italian. And throughout his video challenging Bow Wow, he kept calling it a Galargo with a with a hard G in there, which doesn't exist in the actual word. That's so what like, everybody I, says. I've heard it. Well, I've heard it as Galardo with a with a D, but not. He was saying Galargo with a with a G, G-A-L-A-R-G-O. See, I feel like I've heard that in other rap songs, but when no, I it's see a, it's a like Galardo, G-A-L-L-A-R-D-O. Oh. So so they pronounce they pronounce the L's, you know, they don't they don't accent the L's, but they they say it with a D. So he just kept like 15 times throughout his video said Galargo. Really sounded stupid. And so Bow Wow calls him out on his next video on that, which I it was just funny to see him there and then Bow was just like you can't even pronounce it. You you don't you don't deserve to drive one of these. <laughs> Dumb so, bitch. <laughs> So Soldier Boy's initial response uh, after Bow Wow came back at him was uh, he was saying that Bow Wow's Lambo was actually rented, not owned by Bow Wow, which I guess this is the original Bow Wow hey, challenge. I was about to say, <laughs> dude, that might have some credence. It's it's not the first time. Or, well, it would have been the first time. Uh, but yeah, in more recent memory, you know, Bow Wow's been known to to lie about his status in things, which, you know, whatever. Whoa, I mean, let, let's clarify here. That dude has been busted two times that I know of, and I don't even follow it closely. One, stand, standing on his tippy toes <laughs> <laughs> next to a taller woman instead of just being like, you know, I'm short, dog. I'm going to live with it because I'm rich. And then the yeah, other one. stand was, on my wallet. Yeah. I think he has a line, stand on my wallet, times. I'd be taller than Shaq. So, like, just do that, Bow Wow. Yeah. I mean, why the fuck – would you even buy a private plane or anything like that? A private jet. That's just a super big waste of money. But saying you're flying a private jet and then flying Flying business class. Yeah. Commercial (laughs) that that's a bold face lie. That's funny. (laughs) So yeah, it's not, you know, there, there's a history of Bow Wow with maybe not being, but from my knowledge of Bow Wow, he's driven Lamborghinis like since he could drive, like that was his thing. And like, he's been making music since he was 10. I think he has enough money to buy a Lamborghini. I hope so. And at, at that point, because like he was still only like 18, he couldn't have, or I guess he was like 20. 
he couldn't have pissed it all away yet. Oh, but by, no. by now he could have when he's riding commercial and taking pictures of private jets. But you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, so about royalties. Bow Wow responds to that one uh, in his video with like his actual pink slip, which he flashes so fast you can't read it, obviously. <laughs> See, here it is. <laughs> Inside his house, and then he kind of walks around and points out all the other cool shit that he owns, like he's on MTV Cribs. But yeah, he's not on that? MTV Cribs. That's an ocelot, man. It pisses everywhere. <laughs> no, I don't give a fuck. So then... We get Soldier Boy coming out. This is the beginning of Twitter, too. Like th- I think this is why I followed it so much, because it, it's early Twitter days. I was an early adapter of Twitter. I'm following both of them on Twitter, so I see all this stuff going on on Twitter, because not a lot of people are using Twitter at the time. Um, so Soldier Boy on Twitter, hashtag listen, bitch, add Chris Brown and Bow Wow followers together, and you still ain't halfway fucking with me, LOL. But, all right, cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, Bow Wow's been around a lot longer than you, Soldier Boy. And- way better at like just talent and things yeah I, there were two soldier boy songs that i can remember i remember any bow wow songs but i remember like mike and that's what really matters <laughs> i i think like on my whole listing of music which is thirty thousand songs or something you know i probably have six soldier boy songs and probably 30 bow wow songs so you are fucking yeah. up from your man soldier boy <laughs> so you know and then bow wow says the only reason soldier boy is even in rap is because of him which i mean true is that true i yeah like bow wow paved the way for any young rapper rapping right agree to disagree on that one really yeah you think soldier boy would exist if little bow wow didn't exist fuck yeah because as long as there's dumb teenagers they'll be Dumb rappers like yeah, but boy. somebody had to be the first dumb teenager to rap to other dumb teenagers. See, wasn't it so? How did Soldier Boy come up? Wasn't it YouTube? Yeah, like I'm pretty sure he was one of the first. Yeah, YouTube with that cranked at. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember that was like our theme song for our, my freshman year in high school on the football God. team. We had this one kid that was like it's six like, nine yeah. and yeah. very loud, <laughs> and you'd always be like, "Yo." <laughs> And then just destroy kids. Was it ya, yeah, bitch, yeah? I mean, maybe. We liked it. My friends and I liked that song. We just run around yelling, ya, yeah, bitch, ya, yeah, at each other. Soldier Boy was good for, like, memeable choruses, you know? He, he was a good meme rapper. I'll give and him that. shorts. His shorts were top fucking notch. So let's talk about how it ended, who actually won. Uh... I got to say no one really won this. It just like kind of fizzled out because again, I'm pretty sure I was the only person paying attention to this rat beef. <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably their moms and stuff. Yeah. Too. Other They're than like, the two of them and their immediate family and me and my, uh, my other friend, like we were the only ones paying attention and we were just paying attention to make fun of it. Cause it was hilarious. Every time I, one of them would upload a new video to, to watch. Um, it was one of those things that, like, you could tell they were just trying to promote themselves because they both had albums coming up, and they didn't really care about hurting each other's feelings or anything. They were just clearly like, I bet if we start going after each other, people will buy more of our albums. I, I don't think it worked. I mean, someone had to buy them. I, again, I bought the Bow Wow one. I'll, I'll say that. There you go. Well, I downloaded the Bow Wow one. Oh, my God. I hope you know I already called the cops. I didn't say illegally. I said I downloaded it. Back then, no one downloaded <laughs> shit. 
legally are you serious it would take like nine days uh if i had to had to pick a winner it's probably bow wow just one because i like him better and two because at this point in our life i feel like he's more relevant than soldier boy Agreed. so looking at it back at it 10 years later like if you said something about soldier boy he's it's a punchline i mean bow wow is for the most part too but like bow wow's still on tv he's been in movies he's been in shows he's he's still kind of making music soldier boy has done like literally nothing since 2011 no man he he came out with that game system that literally was like oh, a carbon copy of the good point. of the switch wasn't it or uh, the psp well, or something it looked like a psp but like have you ever have you ever used the wish app yes have you ever seen like they advertise like the 256 video games in one and it's always a picture of Mario on it and you're like, "Oh, I can get this for 12 bucks and play Mario handheld." Yeah. And it's not actually I bought one of those. It's not actually that that's what Soldier Boy's console was or his his video game system. So it I mean, was one of those with his name on it. He's an entrepreneur. It was like the Soldier Boy, get it? Yeah. As in I get it. I'm yeah, like yeah, a yeah. 28-year-old calling myself a boy. Yeah, I get it. Do you, so, Calvin? Do you, yeah, Calvin? I get it. I get it. Right, I get it, Nick. Just if anybody else has any other thoughts on who won Bow Wow or Soldier Boy, if anyone else actually paid attention to it, hit us on Twitter at APA something at alone underscore podcast. I was going to say, did you forget that? <laughs> I got it. It's just alone. Under, you need to change your Twitter handle to just alone underscore, and I'll get it every time then. And then I'll just change it to at alone, and I'll say it with a tear <laughs> in my eye every time. <laughs> All right, let's. I I don't have anything else to say on Bow Wow and Soldier Boy. It I, they're both mostly irrelevant. Uh, Bow Wow's on like a BET reality show right now, and that's it. So he's the winner by default. Damn, that channel still exists. That's crazy. As far as I know. Huh. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'll go with that. All right. What do you got for your first whack beef? Dude, this one is really stupid. Um, oh yeah this is back in the sweet old days of 2004 um, and that's uh nelly versus chingy the band-aid <laughs> versus a guy named right chingy yeah right there right there oh yeah both of those both of those guys are basically the same person in my book well that's i mean country guy. grammar come on now yeah i mean we we've had this discussion <laughs> about country grammar you think it's the best rap song of all time don't you the best rap album yes okay okay um but anyways i wouldn't so, i wouldn't say country grammar the song is the best rap song but it's pretty fucking good no we're just splitting hairs bro it's way better than uh right there or holiday inn i don't know i'm chilling at the holiday inn it's true with it's snoop dogg and ludicrous i've never stayed at a holiday inn and this is why you have a stage just so you say nothing chilling at the holiday inn exactly bro um but anyway chingy he was an up up and comer in st louis um which is pretty close to home fine may in st louis yeah in st louis but if you say it like that you might get punched in the mouth around there just i mean or if you're chingy or if you're chingy i mean chingy and chingy versus nelly like epitomizes the uh finickiness of st louis but um, you know, he was an up and comer. Nelly took him under his wing, like a like a straight up leader, like a G. And uh, Chingy, of course, was just like, "Bro, you're taking all the limelight. I'm not getting the fame 
and the respect that I deserve. It had nothing to do with the fact Chingy fucking sucked. Nothing at all. And that Nelly dropped like two of the hottest albums of all fucking time. Um, and then, yeah, Nelly thought he wasn't getting the same respect from Chingy for bringing him into the game. So it was basically like a respect versus respect match, like yada yada. Except only one of them actually, in, at that point in 2004, five-ish, only one of them really deserved any respect. And that was Nelly. Chingy, Chingy had already faded. Like, Chingy was hot in, like, 03, and then he had already faded by 05. I remember the name Chingy, but I don't really remember shit about Chingy. I but had I, both his first two albums. I, I bought them, actually, like, actual CDs. Uh, the first FBI, one... FBI, if you're listening. <laughs> the first one, I I liked. I liked most of the songs on it, but, again, it's 2003. I'm... 14 years old 2002 maybe yeah, yeah it was like it was like eighth grade yeah right 13 14 years old not a great taste uh and then i bought the second one and i liked like three songs on it and and even that it was still like bad taste songs but like they were kind of bangers but they weren't good music yeah that that's makes fair. Sense. i mean i i remember suit and sweat coming out i don't remember when those came out exactly but that was Oh four oh five. It was my junior year of high school. I remember that. I remember I got both those both those CDs, and then I flew down to see my mom. I, I only got sweat. I didn't get suit. I, I didn't want both. the slow jams. Slow jams was that shit. Uh, my my stepsister listened to that like crazy. So I mean, it was kind of something I was just used to. But I left them on a goddamn airplane by accident. And back Ugh. then, you know, CDs were like nineteen ninety five. And I was a kid, so I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm fucking out. But that should say something. If I own those two albums and I literally have never fucking had a single song in my library by Chingy, I think that kind of, you know, says a lot. But they, this was some petty shit. This was like just barely a step above Soldier Boy and Bow Wow. Mostly for the fact that... Only because Nelly, they were a little more relevant. Yeah, and the fact that Nelly didn't really respond to all that much like i felt like it was more a chihuahua biting at a fucking siberian husky yeah chingy like, chingy punching up and nelly just being like all right whatever yeah and i mean some of the shit that chingy was going in on like nelly's a liar he's a goddamn fucking liar um mostly because <laughs> he's gonna just like, I like that, that voice just like <laughs> it um but nelly claimed the phrase dirty or however the fuck you said it, it was dirty right. uh but you know Chingy was out here saying that they'd been saying it forever so nelly shouldn't have a claim to it but i would have never heard of it i'm guessing most of modern you know middle america would have never heard of anyone saying it like that if not for nelly so why the fuck no does Chingy absolutely care? not because it because hot and her came before right there that's I true and that was a banger yeah, Hot and Her, absolutely a bang. I mean, right there it was, too, hot for what it was. But, I, yeah, hot, hot and Her is, I mean, I'm just kidding, like Jason. Dude, they, they play that. that at every school dance all the way through senior year. <laughs> I went to a Catholic school, so we, we weren't asking anyone to take off all their clothes at school dances. Oh, hell no. I went to a public school, and people were basically doing it on the dance floor. Yeah. I was not one of those people. I was uh, like, oh, this sure. is disrespectful and disgusting we're at school yeah yeah you should be ashamed of yourselves that's why i wore four pairs of underwear because i'm not a fucking center 
And then I told on all of them. <laughs> that guy <laughs> and that guy and that girl and that guy over there. Look at him just having so much fun listening to Nelly. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you believe it? He's from the dirty south. From the dirty south. He's from St. Louis. That's not the south. We're the north. <laughs> Guy. No, it's the dirty south. The dirty It's not south. actually the south. It's the dirty south. It's, it's like different. the skim milk of the south. There you go. <laughs> it's lying about being the south. <laughs> so are there any actual insults thrown? I know of one. I wanted to see if you picked this up in your research. I mean, I really... I didn't really find a whole lot of insults other than Chingy kept calling Nelly a fucking liar. Yeah, didn't th- this was another one that didn't happen a lot on the mic. It was like Chingy in interviews talking a lot of shit. And this one I didn't even realize was going on until like 2006. I caught this thing on VH1 that's like going over rap battles, right? Basically mm-hmm. what we're doing right now, or rap beefs. And it mentioned Nelly and Chingy, so I sat and watched it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was going on. So there's one song on Sweat. Uh... I don't remember what song it is off the top of my head, but Nelly directly calls out Chingy. And that's like the only track from either of them that actually directly calls either one of them out. And that's why these ones are whack, because they're, they don't happen, you know, on wax. When we get to some of the better ones, we'll see that there are just punches being thrown Left and back and right. forth on the mic, which is great. Oh, hell um, yeah. So he says, I like the way you do that right there. Just remember why you do that right there. So he's he's basically saying what you said is like, okay, you can do what you're doing, but remember that it was me that that brought St. Louis to the forefront. Bitch. So you, Chingy, need to respect me and stop going in interviews and calling me a little bitch. Yeah, no shit. So how did this one end? Who who would you claim the champion if you could claim one? Pretty sure we know the answer. I'm going to have to go with Nelly. I mean, he mostly punked out Chingy throughout just with the status in the game and uh you know he had a cousin who named mj going with michael jordan they gotta be fucking related you know the proximity and everything um but he basically raised chingy since he was six and you know there there was a little talk in and they resolved the problem and then in 06 i'm guessing his terms of the you lose you know piece of paper or whatever he signed Chingy yeah, there's got to gotta be paperwork with, to end all uh, these, right? I mean, that's right her. Got this paperwork right her for you to sign, bud. <laughs> um, but he had to go out and basically publicly admit, yeah, the beef, beef is done. You know, it's all good. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's all good. They so always, he, something I learned through the research here, they always end the beef by, like, one of them is on some random-ass interview, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, that, he won. It's over. Yeah, you know, we we set we settled shit. It was chill. Yeah. You know, we're cool. I mean, he's my he's the godfather of my son. You know, we're all right now. I remember why I do that right there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I mean, as Chingy was just bad, yeah, and you. like he was like fine in his first album, then he just went downhill real quick. So I I can imagine where Nelly was like, Nelly went downhill fast once he went downhill, but. Those those first two albums are like certified bangers any day of the week. Dude, he had like seven or eight years that he was really fuck man. We just hired a guy at work uh, a couple weeks ago. Even... He, guy we already fired, but that dude listened to Nelly all day every day. I shit you not. Every time I saw his phone, there's fucking Nelly in the background. I mean, 
so country grammar we've discussed at length uh nellyville great album air force one's top tier song any day of the week Hot yeah. and her we discussed uh sweatsuit holds up it's not great but it holds up sweatsuit is on level with like chingy's first album and it's probably even better than that still yeah i mean there's a lot of bangers on those albums yeah uh and then like that's when after that he kind of started fizzling out a little bit but he could still bring it when he needed to i mean he's from the dirty south yeah i don't know that chingy could ever bring it if he needed to his name's chingy sounds like a little bitch i guess so yeah all right let's move on to the next one this is our last of the whack beefs uh 50 cent versus rick ross in uh 08 through like it's still going on that doesn't surprise me <laughs> these these two have to grasp at whatever they can to stay relevant uh so march 2008 50 cent compliments rick ross on his number one album during an interview but also warns him not to stand too close to fat joe who was feuding with him and g-unit at the time alluding that the friend of my enemy is an enemy during the 2008 BET Awards, Rick Ross saw 50 Cent and did not like the way he looked at him. 50 Cent would later claim that he doesn't remember Rick Ross even being at the award show. So, <laughs> boom, beef. Boom, we got beef. 50, oh, dude, 50 is great at beef. Let me just say that much. He he really is. But he didn't really bring his A game. Well, he had some other struggles mixed into this since this one went on so long. Um, But, like, as far as whackness of these go... I, I listened to the, there were two diss tracks and then the rest of it happened in like interviews and ancillary shit. Uh, so Rick Ross, you know, tried to start off with mafia music, which was actually a song on his real album. And then 50 cent comes in a response called officer Ricky. That was just like a freestyle that he put out on his website. Uh, officer Ricky. <laughs> 50 cent is just such a better rapper than Rick Ross. And like even in the small sample, it shows through. Ross, Fifty Cent even isn't even that good. Well, Get Rich or Die Trying is very good. It's a great album. We'll, but you know, we'll get to that when we get to that shit. We're we're not on Get Rich or Die Trying yet. And 2008, like this is Fifty Cent has pretty much completely fallen off. And Rick Ross is kind of at the top of his game right now. He really even was at so, the time. Rick Ross gave that track everything he could, and it's still absolute garbage. I I do not like rick ross i think he's terrible uh but on you know on 50s track officer ricky he takes time to address mafia music ross's song he plays on ross's terrible rhyming scheme where he often rhymes ross with boss with boss again and then ross and then he throws cost in there and then boss again like he his rhymes aren't very uh unique or intelligent no he's dumb and he takes time to take shots at dj Khaled and lil wayne and so just to kind of further put my point home uh, with Rick Ross on Mafia music, he rhymes roof with roof in the first verse, and then he follows that up by stacking on top of roof rhyming with roof, proof, then proof again in the next line. So Fucking in his first Rick like Ross. five lines, he rhymes roof, roof, proof, proof. I'm Rick Ross, the fucking boss. Check out my sauce it's you're at a loss yeah you're at a you loss you don't know what it costs it, you know it's because i'm a boss he he has one good verse that i've ever fucking liked and on it was on a kanye album oh which one's that uh i don't know was it on monster i think he was on monster wasn't he 
back. No, my my dark and beautiful twisted fantasy or whatever the fuck it's called. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking the song is monster though. It might be. I don't recall, but that's a decent verse, and it's like yeah. six minutes into the song. So, well, oh no, it's um, "Devil in a Blue Dress." I think hmm. is the song. It doesn't matter. We're I'm not here. Devil to talk in a red dress. Red dress. That might be it. Uh, so he later, and this is the line that I want to point out is truly whack. He says, "I love to pay bills. Can't wait to pay rent. Curtis Jackson, baby mama, ain't asking for a cent." I mean, that's really bad what <laughs> huh rick ross out here just talking about how he loves to pay all his bills on time i'm a responsible citizen right right at the beginning of the month and then you know he calls out he's so basically he's saying that 50 cents x doesn't want anything to do with 50 cent anymore he, he's like her he he's not asking for a cent or 50 cent you know just like curtis jackson baby mom curtis jackson is 50 cent it's it's really convoluted and starts off real stupid with the I love to pay bills bit. Yeah, no shit. Um, I think that really threw me off. Otherwise, I might have been like, you know, that has a little depth to it. But it's it's almost borderline so dumb. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, don't it's rough. So just some highlights because it's been going on so long. So I want to go over some highlights uh, from in, in 2009 after Mafia Music had dropped. Uh, January 29th, 50 Cent responds to Ross with Officer Ricky, uh, and it says, Back in 2008, details in a photo surfaced of Ross's 18-month stint as a correctional officer, which is why 50 titled the song Officer Ricky. So he's playing off of this, like, Rick Ross thinks he's this uh, drug mafioso, but really he was a correctional officer for some time, which is the opposite of a drug mafioso. Just about, I mean, that or being a judge like those were pretty close together yeah uh so then uh january 30th the next day rick ross calls into angela yee's lip service radio show on shade 45 and spoke on 50s officer ricky he didn't hold back his thoughts saying that he was in disbelief that this was the song he came back with he even gave 50 48 hours to come back with something strong like i listen to both these songs officer ricky destroys whatever rick ross was doing i'm sorry well rick ross is using the trump method I'm not yeah. bad. He is bad. That is terrible. It's the worst he's, song I've ever heard. He's terrible. Ever. You got to come up with something better. I don't have to come up with something better. You did a bad job. You need to come up with something better. Yeah, mine's amazing as it is. I didn't say, you never said you didn't like mine. So then January 31st, 2009, 50 Cent responds with a video upload entitled Warning Shot. He mentions how he doesn't even remember seeing Ross at the VET Awards, but he accepts the beef. So it's on now. January 31st, 2009, officially beef has started. Uh, he also states that Ross could be doing this for publicity, but he chose the wrong adversary and that he planned to ruin his life for the fun of it. Because I'm also, also doing this for publicity. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so 50, this is this is what I like. 50 also releases the first Officer Ricky cartoon and says <laughs> he would continue to release them weekly on Saturdays. This dude out here making a Saturday morning cartoon. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? 50 is like the best <laughs> when it comes to beefs, man. And I'm going to skim over it, but, like, he kept doing it every week. I'm not going to mention all the times that he released them, but, like, as I was going through this timeline, it was like, and 50 releases the next episode, and 50 releases. So he kept going on with this cartoon that he created, which is great. He's a man of uh, his fucking word. So, and here's where it gets serious. March 12th, 2009, still, 50 Cent releases a trailer for a sex tape that features Rick Ross's child's mother, Lestonia Levinston. Uh, 50 brought the, bought the tape from Lestonia's former boyfriend after they broke up. 
March 17th, 50 keeps his promise and releases the 13-minute sex tape. Like, that, that's harsh. That's pretty um, bogus. Releasing a sex tape of somebody else's ex with another dude. And the fact it only lasted 13 minutes. So she, <laughs> I mean, that says a lot about well, but it uh, wasn't, Mr. It wasn't, Ross. Well, it wasn't her with Rick Ross. It was a sex tape of her and a different boyfriend. That's what I'm saying. There's no sex tape of Rick Ross and her, but there's a sex tape of her and this fella. So I'm going to go out and assume that, you know, his 13. She wasn't making sex tapes with him. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and he's really fat. (laughs) As he releases this, he also overdubs (laughs) with his own voice, uh, voice, adding his own commentary, not only attacking Ross, but also demeaning and degrading Lestonia. Are you fucking Uh, serious? He He actually did that shit? Oh my god, can you still find this out there? Uh, probably not, because there was a lawsuit around it. And stuff. I was going to say, I would have the lawsuit. Yeah. I, I might have to fucking watch that, because that'd be <laughs> fucking hilarious. Look at this fat piece of shit, look at him. <laughs> uh, so April 20th, Ross releases the trailer for a song Cold Blood. The video was released the next day, depicting a mock funeral for 50. Uh, then May 20th, Tia Kemp, who's another one of uh, Ross's ex-girlfriends and baby mamas, released a tell-all book surrounding her life and relationship with Rick Ross uh, titled Diary Deeper Than Rap, Clarity, Truth, and Exposure. And, like, 50 Cent backed her the whole time. Like, she's promoting this book and doing everything. Like, 50 Cent's, like, right over her shoulder. Like, yeah, get him. This book is fucking great. (laughs) Oh, we're not done yet. That's only 2009. So 2010, 2011, we get some minor jabs thrown back and forth in interviews and things like that. Uh, Ross suffers a couple seizures. And 50 Cent's kind of nice about it. He's like, you know, he needs to get his health in order, blah, blah, blah. He's not going to attack the man who's sick. Good for 50. Fuck that. I would have gone after Rick Ross <laughs> so hard. Oh, man. Fat piece of shit having yeah. seizures. Yeah, how do you like that? It's the most exercise you've gotten in weeks, fat boy. Nah, so I, we... <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I feel like an asshole just saying it. Even in so, so we come to September 29th, 2012. Uh, Double MG's gunplay. Uh, Double MG is Rick Ross's rap label if anyone cares uh so uh mmg's gunplay and members of 50 cents entourage got into a minor scuffle backstage at the bet awards rick ross wasn't around at the time october 10th 50 cent is spotted bowling in gunplay's mmg chain that he lost during the altercation at the bet awards so somebody snatched his chain and 50 cents out there wearing it and also wearing it in a music video damn that's that's pretty yeah that's ballsy Moving into 2013, January 28th, 50 Cent uh, mocks Rick Ross on Twitter. The day after his car crashed into a building while being shot at, uh, Fat Boy <laughs> hit the building. It looks staged to me. No bullet holes in the car. So there you go. <laughs> Crash a car into a building. 50's got something to say. Have a seizure? No worries. That shit looks fake to, fake to me, dog. I don't even know. That shit looks fake. Uh, so then, uh, November 5th, during a visit with the Breakfast Club, Rick Ross calls the 50 Beef buffoonery. So he's over it at this point, which, again, this is Rick Ross's career in 2013, is n- nothing to write home about anymore. Yeah. And then nothing really happens in 2014. 2015, they come back. TMZ obtains a lawsuit that shows 50 Cent is attempting to sue Rick Ross blaming him for leaking the sex tape and that he simply posted it to his website. He demands that any money must be paid. Ross and his camp should handle the bulk of it. Uh, Basically this stemmed from Ross's ex suing 50 cent. So now 50 cents basically suing Rick Ross saying it's his fault that it got released. So if he loses the suit to the ex, Ross would actually have to pay. None of that panned out. 50 cent lost 
the lawsuit to the ex and had to pay her a lot of money. Yeah, a shit ton of money, because I'm pretty sure he was broke after this. Uh, and then in October, during a string of interviews while promoting his new album, Rick Ross discussed his rivalry of 50 Cent at almost every stop, commenting on 50s. Ongoing bankruptcy issues, get rich or die trying, and now you bankrupt, he said during an interview with Angie Martinez. And then uh, December 10th, 50 Cent ab abruptly stops his interview with P. Dice, a former Remy boy, to mock Ross's album sales for Black Market. 34000 is that a rock or a brick, he says. Uh, in 2016, we get some more. January, Rick Ross tells Rolling Stone that he's the biggest L 50 Cent ever took, which at this point, I don't know that 50 Cent's taken the L. No. Fuck no. I mean, he went bankrupt, though, so there's that. I, I mean... It's hard. I I never heard Rick Ross talking about how much money... Dude wears tracksuits all the time. He's like a fucking slob. That's yeah. true. And then uh, the last thing I've got is in January, 50 responds to the Rolling Stone interview with a post on Instagram where a hyena is carrying the head of a severed deer with the caption, when it's all said and done, I will have his head. I said I was going to talk less and do more this year. Watch it play. Uh, then, like, nothing really happened. I was going to say, that's, like, the most violent thing he's insinuated so far nine years after it started. <laughs> well, and so it, it's still pretty much ongoing. It never really ended. It It's gotten heated at times. I mean, throwing people's exes and sex tapes out there, that's, that's some pretty hard shit. Uh, but it never really felt like it mattered the way, you know, some of the ones later on this list mattered as far as rap goes, because like Rick Ross is just garbage and 50 Cent was already on his way out of being relevant. Yeah. So it always felt like it was kind of in the background. Well, I mean, when you know, life of a rap artist is as short as a running back in the NFL in regards right. to relevancy, you know, they, they come and go pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, I'd like to say 51 because, like, he's just better. And yeah, he's he so definitely won. he definitely had the upper hand early on. But at the same time, it's hard not to say that Ross won. Because what? throughout this whole time, 50 Cent went bankrupt. He had to pay out all these damages to Ross's ex for the sex tape. And, uh, like, Rick Ross's uh, label kept growing and growing and signing better and better rapper. Like, they signed Meat Mill. They signed uh, Wale. They've got a lot of good people on that rap label, whereas 50 Cent is going downhill, and Rick Ross, as a rapper, is not necessarily going uphill, but his label at least is, and that's money in his pocket. Uh, I, guess I think 50 fair. is better, but Ross probably came out on top. I don't know. He's got a. I'm guessing 50 has a large stake in Shady Records. Or Aftermath, mm, whatever. No, that's all M&Ms. He tried to do his... I think he tried to make his own. G-Unit Radio or some shit. No, Eminem was part of G-Unit too. Or he helped start G-Unit. Well, yeah, he helped start him. I don't know. I'm sure he's invested in, in both. Vitamin water, man. Vitamin water. All right, so let's move on to our middle ground beefs. We got two here. We each got one. You start us out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move through this beef pretty quickly. It's not a very deep one. No. Um, this was way back in the time before time aka 2003 and it was you know, a couple couple rappers from the uh the third coast as they say uh, that was a term I, I came across which i thought was pretty neat um it's ti versus little flip and i don't know who the fuck little flip is i you know little really flip knew, game over never game really over. knew who flip. the fuck little flip was. flip flip 
I'm just that little bit that you just said made me want to scratch my face. Just hard. You weren't watching enough BET in 2002, man. I I was probably still watching Dragon Ball Z. But anyway, TI took this shit way too far. <laughs> he was going hard as fuck about well, this, this from the get-go. This is another one where TI is a really really good rapper and Little Flip is a really really not good rapper. No, and TI just goes fucking bananas. He's not as clever or as good as 50 is when it comes to dissing Lil Flip. No. Um, but I guess Lil Flip was basically saying, you know, tell TI it's game over during a show in Atlanta when, you know, Lil Flip was asking the crowd who's the king of the South and they started yelling TI at him. Yeah. <laughs> when TI was in fucking That's fair. jail. You gotta be bad if your crowd's just like, yeah, T.I. fucking rules from jail. I mean, he's in Atlanta, which is T.I. City. Yeah. And T.I. had already claimed himself king of the South, uh, being from Atlanta. And Lil Flip is from Houston, which isn't the same kind of South. Like, it's the South, but Houston and Atlanta aren't the same thing. Houston and Atlanta are two entirely different worlds. Yeah. Lil Flip can't go into Atlanta and, and expect a warm welcome in the middle of a beef with, that, you know. One of the best rappers out of Atlanta. Well, I mean, that's his. That's how dumb this motherfucker is. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe that incited Ti to go absolutely bananas. But he just he spouted off these like any time he was on television or being recorded in, like an interview or something. He basically went after Lil Flip, like some of the wackest shit. I I took a specific like entire paragraph but at the end of it is really where you see the whackness of ti come out um and he goes use a sucker man you sweet on the inside and even sweeter on the outside i'm letting uh, i am not letting up on your ass boy you shouldn't have tried me man i gotta shut you down pimp <laughs> you have been faking for entirely too long the game over yes the game is over for you that is that shit is whack as fuck. <laughs> Who says yeah, this? Rough. A supervillain? Like that that's a goddamn that's the penguin in Gotham. Like, <laughs> it really is. I'm saying and T.I. is anytime he got on the fucking mic, he was saying shit like that. You know, like he's sitting in his, you know, his jail cell because he was on work release for a lot of this and sitting there like, yeah, yeah, that sounds tight. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Game over. Uh-huh. For you, that is, bitch. Game over for you. Yeah, oh. exactly. Dang, and look at the size of my hands. They're huge. <laughs> Got him. And I mean, Lil Flip, for, for his, you know, his position, he really didn't do a whole lot. He didn't retaliate because I didn't think he had a medium to retaliate on. Like, he made music about it and, you know, talked shit in interviews, but no one really cared. Uh, th this was another one that like I liked T.I. during this time and I liked a couple things from Lil Flip at the time and I didn't really know what was going on. It was another one that I caught on that VH1 special about rap beefs and I was just like, oh, that was going on. And then I'd look into it and I was like, OK, that's yeah, T.I. T.I. killed him. OK, pretty, pretty much. And the ending of it is even funnier because T.I. went on the radio um, and he was basically like, I'm going to come to Lil Flip's neighborhood and expose him as a fraud. Cause he said he lived in like Ohio or some shit. And then really soon after that, Lil Flip came out and said they had to sit down and talk and clear the air. <laughs> Sign the paperwork. Yeah, pretty it's much. officially over. And, and then it came out like a year later after T.I. posted a video of it 
that these motherfuckers apparently met up and just fought. <laughs> so it's like, okay, with that context. I don't know that I'd go fight in T.I. I, I wouldn't go fucking fight in T.I. Yeah, fuck that. He's, he's small and, like, lean. Those are the worst but he guys to fight. Up. Yeah. Take it from a guy that's fought guys like that. That shit sucks. Yeah. They're wiry. They have long arms. Yeah. And, I mean, that hurts. But he went to jail. I don't remember Lil Flip going to jail. That's the other thing, yeah. Any motherfucker that goes to jail, in my mind, is immediately harder than motherfuckers that didn't go to jail. Even, well, not for tax uh, no, fraud people. Uh, Lil Flip rides around in a Lucky Charm Range Rover, as he would call it. Yeah, I mean, T.I. was going bananas, you know, blowing up pictures of Lil Flip in a leprechaun costume. Because that's how he got noticed on like his first album or some shit. Yeah, that was like his that was his gimmick when he first started was like uh, leprechauns and Lucky Charms. Yes. Yeah, for leaf clovers. That's dumb. He he tried to start a label called like uh, Clover, Clover label or some shit like that. It was bad. Yeah, I'm guessing everybody felt how I just felt, which was I just lost a year of my life listening to that sentence. <laughs> go go listen to Game Over by Lil Flip. It's a good I'm song. Gonna, I'm gonna start this label. It's gonna be called the Global Label. <laughs> All right, so are we ready for my middle ground one? Yeah, hit me. All right, this one should whoa, be pretty whoa, quick whoa. too. So we settled on Ti winning that. Yeah, Ti won that. Okay. That, that's well. Do you know who Lil Flip is? I mean, I do now. Thank you, Calvin. <laughs> D- did you? Okay, mm. Ti won. Exactly. Uh. So mine is Drake versus Meat Mill. And I fucked this up because I really wanted to do Drake's beef with Pusha T, where Pusha T calls out Drake for literally hiding a child. Uh, but I thought that it was because they kind of happened at the like one right after the other. And I don't really listen to Drake or Meat Mill or Pusha T in the current day and age. So I, it was like one of these things on the periphery. So I thought it was the beef with Meat Mill. That led to that line, um, and didn't realize I was too far gone into this research to uh, re- that it was somebody else. So next time, if we do Rat Beefs Part Two, Drake versus Pusha T will be on there, so I can talk about that. Dang. Uh So this one started July twenty second, two thousand fifteen, with a Meek Mill tweet. Uh, he says, "Stop comparing Drake to me too. He don't write his own raps." Which that's some uncalled for shit can't just call people out for not writing their own raps yeah it's pretty bogus that was like at the time one of the worst insults next to you know well was it though because well so meek says you know if he would have known that drake didn't write his verse on meek mill's latest album dreams worth more than money he would have taken off drake's verse um other artists you know, backed up Meek Mill's claim that Drake uses ghostwriters. Uh, specifically, he uses this guy named Quentin Miller, um, but he also credits him. So it's not a ghostwriter if you credit him on the album. It, it's a whole mess of like this intricate, how do you actually write songs thing. And a lot of other artists chimed in, like uh, Roscoe Dash was out there, Lupe Fiasco, Nicki Minaj. A lot of people were talking about like whether or not they use writers and how really it's just kind of part of the game and not really that big of a deal. Uh, it is if you but make like, it one. also nobody wants to be called out on it I think well yeah I mean everyone wants to be you know entirely responsible for their success like I felt like at the time if you couldn't didn't freestyle all your shit 
then you were a booty rapper or like that's that was like the culture at the time so i mean that was that was a pretty big insult to say not only do you have to write your shit someone else writes your shit exactly um so the two quickly took it off twitter and got onto the mics which is great i like it when they're actually rapping in the rap beefs rather than on twitter or youtube videos or interviews whatever i like cartoons they're pretty cool well yeah i mean i'll still ride for the 50 cent officer ricky cartoon oh hell yeah uh they each release several diss tracks aimed at one another uh drake starts out with charged up waits like a week and nothing comes out so then he releases back to back with probably the best line of the whole thing um because meek mill had been on stage at he's dating Nicki minaj at the time he's on stage at one of her concerts on like her world tour and Drake calls him out. He goes, is that a world tour or your girl's tour? I know that you got to be a thug for her. This ain't what she meant when she told you to open up more. Damn! <laughs> Which, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> Ghost Rider or not, that's fire. And well, Drake, you know Drake delivers, too. So on uh, when he first released Charged Up, uh, Meek Mill didn't respond with a with a track right away, but he did respond on Twitter. He said, he said something he's like i could tell you wrote that though <laughs> because charged up was kind of not very good but back to back was really good so like meek mill calls him out he's like i can tell you wrote that shitty track <laughs> so then drake follows up with back to back and then meek mill finally responds with a, a song titled wanna know and then drake performs another song he calls 3p at the ovo fest and then drake and future release a joint mixtape uh mixtape called what a time to be alive with several disses aimed at meek mill between both drake and future and then finally, Meek Mill releases uh, the 4 out of 4 EP with pretty much all of them just taking shots at Drake. Uh, is there four songs? I think so. And they all four take shots at Drake? Four out of four? Uh, I get it. Yeah, I yeah, get it. There he is. Very clever, Meek Mill. So this ended when they publicly reconciled in September 2018, uh, right before the Pusha T one started, when Drake brought Meek Mill onto the stage uh, with him in Boston while Drake was on tour. and had him you know rap a verse with him off of a, a collaboration they had done together uh i really i think i gotta give this one to drake i mean drake's still around <laughs> exactly like meek mill's still around but nobody gives a shit about him right hasn't he been in jail like hasn't he been in jail for a he while he was no I th- he's out he he was in for like less than a year i think oh i thought he he went back to jail several times like no, I don't think Meek so. was like a big thing for a while. Yeah, but it was only like it was one of those things like when T.I. went to jail in 2008 and when Lil Wayne went to jail in 2008, like where they were in for like nine months and then out. But Drake Drake had better lines. He had more stuff to throw at Meek Mill. And like you said, he's actually still more culturally relevant. Yeah, uh, Meek Mill didn't stand a chance in this. He's dating Nicki Minaj at the time, who everyone had already assumed had previously had a relationship with Drake at some point and Drake is a better rapper, and Nicki Minaj is a better rapper, like, this is just <laughs> too easy for Drake to take shots at Meek Mill, right? And Nicki Minaj fucking sucks. So, you know, But she's better than Meek Mill. Oh, or at least she yeah. was. 100%. Still is. Yeah. I don't know if she really still makes music, but still Oh, she is. does. She's got a beef out there with Cardi B. She had a beef with Iggy Azalea. All those will be on part two. All the big-bootied women. Yeah, I think part two will just though. be female rap beefs. I'm game for that. Fucking, where's Missy Elliott? Ooh, I don't know that Missy Elliott's ever beefed with anyone. She's too good. Everybody just like, like respects her. Like when it, when a new female rapper comes on, they always like uh, 
Nicki Minaj did it. Cardi P did it. Like they all take shots at Lil Kim, but like nobody ever takes shots at Missy Elliott. Because they know Missy Elliott would fucking murder them. That's true. <laughs> It'd be Missy over. Elliott's crazy. She's got the crazy eyes for sure. Fuck yeah. All right, so we got three legit ones to go over. Let's try and run through them fast, but also relish in them because they're awesome. You well, get the first can, one. We can spend more time relishing because these are a lot more well-known than any of the previous beasts we've spoken of. I mean, Bow Wow vs. Soldier Boy wasn't well-known. I mean... Everybody didn't take sides in the Nelly Chingy battle of 2004. Come I saw my, my Nelly my 2004 shirt, shirt in, in you know, my closet. It's real dirty. It's dirty, boy. Team Nelly 04. Yeah. And then on the back is a picture of Chingy in jail. <laughs> where he belongs. With one of those, like, the circle and the red line through his face. Yeah. Don't says, put not Chingy there. in jail. It says not there. He's not there. He's at his mommy's house. All right, um, so let's talk some legit rap beefs. Again, no Tupac and Biggie. This this was actually before my time. but Before my time, too, but it's yeah. it's up there as as one of the top five classics, easily. Ooh, yeah, it's it's nasty. Um, And that's, that's NWA versus Ice Cube back in the ripe days of 1989 and and it spans to about 1991 and beyond. Um, but I'd really say it hit its pinnacle in 1991. So um, I'm sure, you know, Straight Outta Compton came out a couple years ago. So pretty much everyone's got, you know, or at least they would be listening to this episode has a refresher on, you know, NWA. Um, well, that was how I knew about it. I, I didn't really know. I had listened to some Ice Cube stuff. I didn't really listen to NWA before I saw Straight Outta Compton and like, that obviously they played a lot of the songs throughout the movie so i was like oh this is actually really good and i went and downloaded a bunch and you know i got some of the the earlier ice cube stuff that i hadn't listened to and ice cube really carried nwa oh dude cube was nasty as fuck he's a great lyricist and he's like, fantastic His mc rand's good easy e's fine um no, dr dre is, is fine dre is booty Dre, in Dre's his NWA fine. days. Yeah. Ren, Ren and Cube definitely carried NWA. Yeah. But, but sure. once Cube is gone, like they, they, they couldn't carry themselves. And it sucks that they didn't see that coming because they probably all would have been a lot richer. Um, but Cube <laughs> left NWA because he was feeling like he wasn't getting paid properly um, compared to Easy. Thanks a lot, and, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Fucking Jerry. Punk bitch. And he left the group. Um, you know, he's going solo. He's striking out on his own. So NWA, the remaining members, put a, a diss in the album A Hundred Miles and Running. And uh, you know, Cube obviously didn't really take too kindly to that. Well, he, he left on kind of good terms. Well, I mean, it, uh, that's he left with, amicably because they understood that shit. Yeah. Not, I mean, Jerry Heller's a piece of shit, and he was not on good terms with Jerry Heller. But with the rest of NWA, like he was fine. Well, it's because he struck out and started. He was obviously better. And he, yeah, and he I, was way better. Oh, way fucking. And let me better. just take a pause for a second. His son is actually a pretty good actor too. He's a great actor. Well, he was really good at being Ice Cube and Straight Outta Compton. I've seen him in a couple other things, and he he can hold his own. Yeah, he's not bad at all. He's I mean, no, Cube's a decent no, actor uh, too. Shit, what's Denzel Washington's son's name? John David Washington. But I I would watch O'Shea Jackson Jr. in movies. Oh, hell yeah. 
especially if it's featured around him playing, uh, you know, Ice Cube. Yeah, he's really good at that. Question though, who came first, Ice Cube or Ice T? Because that's Ice, ice Cold. That's Ice Cold. Fucking Ice T. Ice T didn't. He? But anyway, so NWA put out this this booty ass track. Um, I'm guessing at the direction of fucking Jerry, and then as retaliation. Q put out the Ugh. fucking nastiest song on the face of the earth. Like I, I've listened to it well, a couple times. I heard it as as a kid from my cousin. He's like, listen to this shit, man. It's unbelievable. You should hear this shit. Well, and I think this is the point where we have to have the requisite, what's the better diss track? No Vaseline. or <laughs> No Vaseline. Big time. I think so, too. And I mean, he he. There was enough time, so there was basically like a year and a half, I want to say, between songs. But no Vaseline came out, and it was stunningly clear who the fuck he was calling out. There was zero question about it. It was fucking loud, proud, and really well done. Like, I'm not really a fan yeah, of it's, it. It's a banger of a song. It's yeah, a banger like, of a song. Even, even if you take the NW context out of it. Yeah, and I mean, it's really it's got Cube's touch all fucking over it. And I mean, one of the best insults from it or one of the best insults from the time in his his rapping. And it's so cube is you looking like straight bozos. I saw it coming. That's why I went solo. You got jealous when I got my own company, but I'm a man and I ain't nobody humping me like that is that's just fucking wacky, dude. That's wacky as shit. No one's rapping about no one's rapping like that anymore. And I thought that was a fucking good insult. I thought that was a good insult. It, I mean, it, he didn't it's a cuss once. very simple rhyme scheme. Exactly. But he uses, they're not like $10 words. They're like $7 words, right? Not even. They're, they're not, like they're not simple $2 bill words. You're yeah, looking like $2 a bill bozo. words. That's a good way. It, they're, they're rare words, but the they're easy. Word. Yeah. You use the B word. Bozo. Bozo. It's so, so rough. But I mean, the way his that's what I have works. to say to my kid, like when I'm being really stupid and we don't want my, our kids to say like stupid and dumb, like call people stupid and dumb. We say, oh, we're being a bozo. So like Ice Cube's out here doing that in a diss track. 1991 being a bozo. Shout out Ice Cube. So, I mean, I, th- I think with that insult, Cube fucking wins it. Hands down. Hands down. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did NWA even exist after that? Well, there was that, and then I think Cube made a very good point. With most of his raps, like, he was attacking Jerry and Eazy-E for basically taking more money than the rest of, you know, the rest of the crew. And Dre ended up leaving NWA, and they basically dissolved after that. Right. Well, and then Eazy-E shortly after contracted AIDS, and, you know, that all went through so so i mean he's fucking dead there's that dre is a billionaire and cube was in 21 and 22 jump street so and are we there yet and are we there yet which was not good i mean but but really he's also in boys in the hood he's also started friday like built the friday franchise built the barbershop franchise when you say it like that it's like yeah he's pretty fucking relevant i think I, I gotta say Dre is a better businessman, but I think Cube is more talented in the show Dre, industry. Dre is a so Dre was better as a producer and running a label. 
and he figured out how to build a shitty headphone and put a logo on it and charge people a lot of money yeah, and then sell bucks. that logo to Apple, which is great. Like like you said, that's great business moves. Ice Cube is a better entertainer than anyone else. That's in, that's a better way to say it. He's a better better entertainer. So he's relevant from that standpoint, and Dre is relevant from a behind-the-scenes business standpoint. But NWA as a group, like, Ice Cube killed them. Like, yeah. nobody even knows who... I didn't know who MC Ren was before I watched Dre Adam Thompson. Nobody does from, you know, that was probably born after 1985. Yeah, absolutely not. But I knew who Ice Cube was. Right. Exactly. Uh, but I I think Cube wins. Like, Cube eviscerated NWA. He He made Dr. Dre realize that shit is wrong and he needs to move on and dre moved on to doing better things like the chronic is still a classic album Fuck Chronic yeah. 2001 has some good songs on it uh you know he's got some good verses on like eminem and 50 cent tracks i don't know that i'd be all in he released a full album uh titled compton in like 2015 it was right before straight out compton came out yeah, Kendrick Lamar okay. had a song on there. Yeah, it, it was, right. there was very it was very feature heavy. Kendrick Lamar was on it a lot. Uh, but the stuff that Dre was doing on it was not very good. No, I mean he's he's was never the greatest rapper. Like if no, he had I, a good entourage, then right. you know, he did very well. Um, and if you if you look at the Chronic and the Chronic two thousand one the best songs are ones featured Snoop Dogg and Eminem. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what kind of what I was going to say is the best songs on there are featuring Snoop Dogg and Eminem. <laughs> right. So Ice Cube's the winner. Ice Cube's the winner. All right. So let's move on to, I think it's my favorite one on the list because I liked both of these rappers at the time. That's it's hard to say right now, but once I introduce it, yeah, you're gonna, gonna think less of me. Uh, Fifty Cent versus Ja Rule slash Murder Inc. Ja I really liked Ja Rule man. in his early days. In his early days, he was pretty fucking dope. Yeah, he was in a lot of uh, collaborations that were really good too. Mm-hmm. But this was for me. This was the seminal beef of kind of my formative rap years. Jay Z and Nas was already pretty much over by the time I got really into rap. But this came in like. Right as I started, Ja Rule, uh, Rule 336 was one of the first rap albums that I had. No shit. Uh, besides Lil Bow Wow, Beware of Dog, obviously. <laughs> was and that your first rap album? Lil Bow Wow? Yeah. I'm trying to think. It's close. Hmm. Country Grammar would be close. Uh, Rule three three six would be close. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Blueprint was there right around the same time. One of those. Shit. Two thousand one was a good year, man. Fuck yeah, it was. Except for you know the whole terrorist attack things. Well, yeah. <laughs> Two thousand one was a good year for rap, man. Yeah, it was. Thank, thank you for the clarification. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh. Started really in 1999. Uh, ja Rule was robbed for his chain at gunpoint in Southside, Jamaica, Queens, while he was filming a music video. According to 50 Cent, Ja Rule was incensed after seeing 50 at a club with the man who robbed him. 50 would later go on to claim, uh, A friend of mine robbed Ja Rule. That's how the beef originally started. My man robbed him for a chain, and then this guy named Brown came and got me 
got the chain back for Ja. Later, Ja saw me in the club with the kid who robbed him. I went over to say what's up to Ja, and he acted like he had a problem with me, but I'm not, I'm not the one who robbed him. Uh, ja Rule claims that the bad blood between them stemmed from 50 being snubbed by, murder, by the Murder, Inc. crew during a video shoot for a single Murder for Life. So, we got conflicting stories there, which is a great start to any rap beef. Oh, hell yeah. So, I mean, just some, some highlights uh, as 50 Cent slowly chips away at Ja Rule's entire existence through the next four <laughs> years. So until Get Rich or Die Trying is released. Oh, if you don't if you don't mention this, I'm gonna have to. But go keep going. Yeah, I don't know. Uh so fifty cent first releases uh Life's on the Line, which just continually shoots at Ja Rule and Murder Inc. Uh Ja Rule and Fifty Cent get into a fight in Atlanta at a nightclub where they're both booked to perform, which like club promoter, why are you booking these two guys together? Because you want to see them fight. Are you serious? Yeah, that's fifty true. cent was fucking jacked. I got my money on him for sure. And then uh, 50 Cent gets stabbed while recording at the Hit Factory studio when Ja and his crew visited 50 and an altercation broke out. Ja Rule and Blackchild, another Murder, Inc. crew member, uh, were arrested after this. Blackchild took credit for the stabbing of 50. Which, that's just like a... Unkillable, dude. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Blackchild taking credit, that's just like a, look, Ja Rule, you're the one with the career. Yeah. <laughs> you need to stay out. Yeah, right, I stabbed him. I got him. I want all the ramen I can eat. You fucking hear me? It's it's like when uh, in the NBA sometimes like two people are right around somebody who gets fouled going up for a layup, and you know your teammate's got four fouls, so you kind of put your hand up as like, I'm the one who fouled him, so you can take that foul for him so your other dude doesn't foul out. That That's what Black Child was doing here. Yeah, pretty much. Because you know uh, the other guy gives you a better chance to win. Exactly. Well, you just don't want anybody fouling out if they don't have to. Yeah. So then after that, 50 Cent releases Wangsta, which again, straight shot at Ja Rule. Mm -hmm. uh, 50 Cent releases I Smell Pussy, which later showed up on the G Unit album. And then 50 Cent releases uh, Back Down, which was on later on Get Rich or Die Tryin'. Uh, ja Rule responded at one time after Back Down released that he releases a song titled Loose Change. And this is where Ja Rule tries to bring in Dr. Dre and Eminem and Busta Rhymes, and he even mentions Eminem's daughter on the track, which is Ooh. not a good idea. No. Nope. Like, out of nowhere. Let's just call out Eminem, Dr. Dre, and Busta Rhymes. Let's get him in. Yeah, fuck it. So, 50 Eminem and Busta Rhymes uh, remix Tupac's classic Hail Mary, and just all three go after Ja Rule. Fucking wreck him. Absolutely destroy him. Uh, Eminem, at around the same time, releases a diss track titled Monkey See, Monkey Do, which is taking shots at Ja Rule, Fat Joe, basically everybody in Murder, Inc. also. Uh, so now 50's on his own attack of Ja Rule, and Eminem is also on his own attack of Ja Rule. Busta Rhymes, just on the Hail Mary remix, didn't do much. Uh, ja Rule releases a track called Guess Who Shot You, which was not very good. And then Ja Rule releases his next album because in 2001-2002 he had released uh, Rule 336 in 2001, Vinny Vidivici in 99, and then Rule 336 in 2001, and then Pain is Love in 2002. All sold like hotcakes, like everybody loved them. Great albums. A lot of collabs with Jennifer Lopez at the time Ja Rule was doing. Oh, yeah. so then in 03 he releases Blood in My Eye uh, with the single track Clap Back, which is 
straight shot at 50 in M&M and it's panned critically and does not sell well and Ja Rule is officially just like done rapping now. Didn't he make a song with Nelly Furtado? Ja Rule? Yeah. Or am I thinking of someone else? Timbaland did. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking someone else. Uh, no, yeah, and Ja Rule just was not relevant. I mean, he, he appeared in The Fast and the Furious, but I guess that would have been before he was destroyed there. Well, I mean, 50 went out of his way to destroy this cat. Well, I've got, so for best insult, I've got the whole first verse of Back Down, which uh, this all happened before Get Rich or Die Tryin' was released. And there are like four songs on Get Rich or Die Tryin' that are just shots at Ja Rule and Murder, Inc. And then there's a couple more on the G-Unit album that came out later in the year. Uh, I don't remember the title of it right now, but they, they, it was a 50 Lloyd Banks and Young Buck put out an album together as a G-Unit album. I still, still a good one. I like it. Stunt 101. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have fun with your rap sometimes, Nick. Yeah. So, best insult comes from 50 Cent. I, clearly not from Ja Rule because he did nothing. Like, the the shot at Eminem about Haley is low-key pretty good, but you're just asking for yourself to get destroyed. Yeah, that's fucking uncalled for. That's like Miles Garrett hitting old boy Mason Rudolph over the head with a helmet. It's like, yeah, that's just not called for. That's fucked yeah. up. So I went with the whole first verse of Back Down because I couldn't like single out one or two lines. Um, And this, he just pretty much ends Ja Rule and all of Murder, Inc. right off the bat in this song. Uh, I have replaced all mentions of the N-word with the word dude. <laughs> Just gonna throw that out there. Hell yeah. Uh, so 50 goes, any living thing that cannot coexist with the kid, him, must cease existing, little dude. Now listen. Your your mammy, your pappy, that bitch you chasing, your little dirty ass kids, I'll fucking erase them. Your success is not enough. You wanna be hard. Knowing that you get knocked knowing that you get knocked, you get fucked in the yard. Use a Pop Tart sweetheart, you soft in the middle. I eat you for breakfast, then watch the watch was an exchange for your necklace. So that's, he's going back to when they snatched his necklace. Uh, and your boss is a bitch. If he could, he would sell his soul for cheap, trade his life to be Suge. You can buy cars, but you can't buy respect in the hood. Maybe I'm so disrespectful because to me, you're a mystery. I know dudes from your hood. You have no history. Never poke nothing, never pop nothing. Dude, stop fronting. Jay put you on. X made you hot. Now, now you run around like you some big shot. Ha ha, pussy. Damn. Yeah, fifty and, and fifty cent does a much better job of delivering that than I did. He had some dude. He has a way of, like that voice of his man. He could hit some shit. Yeah, when he was uh, on, I, I may have been able to do better if I had the beat behind me. I was kind of feeling it, but I'm not gonna go there. Uh, you're not gonna get a clip of me doing it. I'm gonna say that right now. <laughs> did I mention the thing that you wanted to talk about? You did not. Oh. What do you got that I missed? So this is this is yet again evidence of 50 Cent's ability to beef with people. 50 Cent used to buy out like the first four rows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At Ja Rule count concerts, just so this motherfucker would have empty seats. <laughs> like that happened recently, and he photoshopped himself. Yeah, this was. I thought it was in the midst of their... Of no, their this beat. happened like in the last five years, I want to say. Um, I read that because it's so far away from 
the main beef, I didn't include it. That's but yeah, the, like 50 Cent keeps jabbing him every once in a while, which is great. I mean, I think that's fucking hilarious. Like, how sh- how shitty can you get, man? He must have spent a 20 G's maybe on like yeah. four full rows. Well, this is after he went bankrupt too. Yeah, no shit. So he's he's putting a lot on the line so he can make Ja Rule look like a bitch. And I mean, it's probably silent for Ja Rule. Like, past those four lines, what can you really see? Not a whole exactly. lot, I'm guessing. So during an interview with Hot 97 in September 2013, Ja Rule admitted that he and Murder, Inc. had lost the war with 50 Cent. Oh, uh, no. No shit. Dude. Even if you fucking lose and it's obvious to everyone, you shouldn't admit it. God. Yeah, 50 Cent, like, far and away won this, right? You know 50 Cent was just like, hey, like, I fucking won that shit. You know, I'm gonna, he's gonna put that on his tombstone now. Yeah. You're lucky, Ja Rule. He's gonna, he's gonna buy himself, like, a big-ass tombstone, and then there's gonna be, like, a little one next to it. <laughs> with, like, shit coming out of... 50 cents and somehow landing on the little one that he bought that says jaw rule on it that's what 50 cents gonna do on his deathbed he's gonna do something wacky and i'm gonna be there i'm gonna be there for it and i can't wait well so i was reading this book and it's it's really interesting it's called off to be the wizard and there's basically this guy who like knows a little computer programming and like does a little hacking for fun finds this file in this old repository that basically runs the matrix. They they live in a simulation and he finds the file that runs it and can adjust all this shit. Anyway, what he gets it, in trouble and he decides that if he gets in trouble, he's going to go back to medieval times and be a wizard. What the fuck's this called? It's called Off to be the Wizard. It's it's a whole series. There's like six books. I've only read the first one so far. So anyway, he goes back in time and he's clearly not the first one that's found this file and had the same idea. There's like 25 other wizards living <laughs> in medieval England, trying to be wizards, right? I'm Merlin. I'm Merlin Jr. One of them is pretending to be Merlin and, like, just does all this gaudy shit, builds a huge gold castle, builds a gold statue of himself, and one of the guys who, like, really dislikes the guy who's taken on the persona of Merlin has, basically, he's written into the program that whenever he takes a shit into his toilet, it goes to this big gaudy gold statue that Merlin built and like explodes out the top of Merlin's hat, like all the shit that he just shit. <laughs> That's what 50 Cent's going to do to Ja Rule. If he and could, that, he yes. absolutely fucking would. So there's this big gaudy gold statue of Merlin that just once a day has shit all over it. Out of nowhere. Randomly too. It's just like, ah! Right. The the thing I liked about this one versus the others that I've covered is that other than the stabbing and the robbings, it all took place on the mic. And like I listed five tracks that Fifty Cent put out, and Ja Rule had like three, and uh, every single one of Fifty's was miles better than oh a, fire even Ja's best one. But I mean, when you say other than the stabbing, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough. That's the roughest and, we've come across so far. And lately, like. 50 Cent has really, like, just he just jabs Ja Rule whenever he can. I mean, why the fuck not? He's really good at it. <laughs> I'm surprised that he didn't do more around the whole failure of, failure of Fire Festival. Dude, there's a documentary coming. I am sure of it. It's probably got 50 narrating in the background. Like, Look at this <laughs> dumb motherfucker. You see <laughs> He he's taken a he he uses the same narration that he did on the sex tape from Rick Ross. Yeah, 
Look at that shit. Look at that shit. Yep, when 50, 50 gets going, he's funny as fuck. He ended Ja Rule's career. And ended Murder, Inc. Like, Ashanti wasn't doing anything after. Fat Joe didn't really do much after. Like, Murder, Inc. just died on the table. Uh, I mean, with, as I said, the 2003 album Blood in My Eye, critically panned, sold terribly. And this is Ja Rule still at the height of his power. Like, he's in movies. He just came off two great albums. And by the point, by the time this album dropped, everyone could see, like, the toll that 50 took on him. Like, he just I mean, wasn't the same person after what 50 did to him. Well, I mean, Ashanti and Fatjo were balling at the time, too. Right. Like, Murder, and Inc. was huge between 2000 and 2003. That speaks volumes to how good 50 was at the time. Like, he fell off dramatically and, after his and first And he hadn't even dropped his album yet. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, I'm saying. 50 used to be 50 caliber. I believe we mentioned Get Richard Die Trying on the top 10 rap albums episode. All right, let's end it with the probably the second best rap beef ever. You know, this was a rap beef I honestly I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to. Same with me. I missed it. I came in after it was pretty much over. I came in after it was over, well after it was over. And I've also, I'm I'm just going to throw this out there. I was never really a huge Jay-Z or Nas fan. Spoiler. Man, the blueprint. That's who we're talking about, baby. Blueprint's so good, though. And there's some good shots at Nas on the blueprint, which I didn't never realize until like 10 years later. I'm listening to him and I'm like, oh, (laughs) now I get it. I get that now. (laughs) You know, you just got to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Then you get it. But I mean, back in the late 90s, back in 96, Fucking Nas, who was at the absolute height of his power at the time, I'd say. He failed to show up for a recording session uh, recording session with Jay-Z on the song Bring It On. Um, for the Jay-Z, movie Bring It On. Bring It On. Not it really. for the movie? Yeah, whatever. Um, it wasn't. But Jay-Z, I have heard from you know the grapevine and other rumors that he's, he's more of a punctual. He's, he's very much a businessman. And uh, if you're wasting time, or especially his time, he's not going to fucking like that. Yeah. Um, so he, he took one of Nas's lines and sampled it, basically, and, and made it sound better. And Right. So Nas, obviously, is, is really fucking pissed off. So this one went really rapid fire. And in the interest of ending this episode before everyone listening turns 150, I'm going to go through it pretty fucking quickly. Um. So Nas probably only did six beef. Next time, if we do a part two, we'll only do six, not eight. Yes, we shot for the moon with eight. Yeah, we shot for the moon, and we. I'm gonna say we almost did ten. I had ten in me, and then you know, if you if we wanted it to be three hours, then that would have been good. Exactly. Um. So Nas responded very quickly. So these are two titans of the industry. Jay Z wasn't quite at the hot height of his power. Like he's not known. He's he's a yet. bit of an up and comer. Ninety six, I think he was probably on his second album around he's, that time. He's definitely an up up and comer, and kind of like a lot of people looked at him on par with with Biggie or right. like in the same circle. Well, least. I mean, he was he was featured on Biggie songs at the time, and Biggie was featured on his, and this is like coming on his first album, and you know, so he's on album two or three around this time, and everybody knew he was going to be great. So exactly. he was an up and comer, but everybody knew what he had in him. 
I mean, this was more towards the end of Nas's career. Like, Nas's career spanned well, quite a bit of time, but this was this, after, like... This might have been a little bit of the reason for that, too. I, I, I'd i say so. These rap beefs seem to take it out of the, the loser of them. No shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll speak to that a little later, but you can... Uh, both these guys are, are really good lyricists. They're really deep and in-depth, and they speak to a lot of things with very minimal words. And it really exploded when Nas responded a month later on the album. It was written with Lex with TV sets, the minimum, which is, you know, an ambiguous line to say the least. Um, But at the time, Jay-Z drove a Lexus and Nas later came out and admitted that was a direct shot at Jay-Z because if Jay-Z was driving a Lexus, he had to do better. Like that was the bare minimum because he was better than Jay-Z or that's what he, he tried to portray. Right. And I mean, after that shit just starts popping off like crazy. They respond to each other just about every chance they get. Um, I, I, I pulled two, two uh, insults that I really liked one from each and one from Jay-Z was basically nasty as fuck in the way he delivers it. He, you know, he calls him a has-been, and he says, you got one hot album every 10-year average. And the yep. way he delivered it was just like, ooh, fuck. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's on TakeOver on the Blueprint. Yeah, there you go. Really good. <laughs> yeah, that's, so I mean, when he said it and the way he said it and just the point in time and everything surrounding it, it was is very very uh relevant and then nas had a great line i think because well, really oh, hold on before you move on Nas, i'm just thinking about this because he goes through like i'm trying to put it into context of the song he goes through and like names every album and he's like this one eh, it's okay and then he's like and then you had elmatic that was dope that's a one hot album every 10 year average and that's like he went through his whole discography is like yeah that's all trash except elmatic like elmatic was good way to go well, I mean, Illmatic's known as one of the best albums of all time, especially in uh, in rap. Like, if you look up top 20 rap albums yeah. of all time... Illmatic it wasn't on either of our lists. N- well, we have weird taste. Well, and we're not Nas fans. We're not Nas fans. Um, he was, he Nas, was already dead by the time we were listening to rap music because Jay-Z, Jay-Z fucking killed him. Exactly. Nas was a... And that says a lot because Nas was a damn good lyricist. He was mm-hmm. He was really deep. And what I'm about to say on the song... From the song Ether by Nas or Ether or whatever the Ether, fuck you yeah. want to call it, which is a straight diss track. Yep. Um, I'm also going to replace the N word with the word dude because I am. It's a good idea. Um, so Nas responds with y'all dudes deal with emotions like bitches. What's sad is I love you because you're my brother. You traded your soul for riches. And that's that's a fire ass insult because. You know, everyone's heard of the story of the devil at the crossroads trading your soul for the talent. And I mean, already those rumors or, you know, kind of that whisper was going on about Jay-Z because he came out so hot, so fire, and he stayed so hot and so fire. Um, so yeah, that was a pretty fucking nasty fucking insult. I, I mean, yeah, he, he hit him with some truth bombs there. But at the same time, let's think about it here in 2020. Would you rather be hanging out with Jay Z or Nas? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know this fucking you know the answer to that <laughs> for several reasons. 
Um, it, it the beef ended in 2005, thank God. Um, and many thought, you know, it was a tour that Jay Z was thrown, and many thought that uh, you know, it was a return tour for Jay Z, basically. And they thought he was going to be coming for his enemies, but instead he reconciled with Nas, which was kind of a surprise, I would say. Well, I mean, it surprised me. And they performed Dead Presidents and The World Is Yours and together. And then Jay-Z mm. declared, all that beef shit is done. We had our fun. Let's get this money. And that leads me into my last one of who won this shit. And let's get this money personifies exactly what the fuck Jay-Z did. <laughs> yeah. He won this shit because Nas put out a couple more booty albums, I want to say. And I mean, Jay Z's a billionaire with a B, like B is in boy billionaire. That's fucking bananas. And he's also married to Beyonce. It's another B word. The you know the sexiest woman on the face of the fucking planet. He's also best friends with Kanye West. He's is also that, is that a thing? Best friends and, with the best producer Kanye West. And he's also other best friends with Barack Obama. I mean, that's a pre- dude's a fucking G. I mean, he owns. He the, takes trips to Cuba with Barack and Michelle Obama. Like, come on. That's fucking G as fuck. He's married to Beyonce. Yeah, he's out of that all the. I mean, dude, out of <laughs> all the things that he has in his life, like he's a partial owner of sports teams. He invests in a ton of money. He well, he's not a partial owner anymore because he, yeah, he sold his stake in the. He next, sold it he? so he could run his own very lucrative sports agency. Exactly. And I mean, dude's a brilliant businessman. He's helping a, t- he's like the black Bill Gates, in my opinion, the Bill and Melinda Gates. They just haven't really got going quite yet. They don't have enough time to expand like Bill and Melinda Gates. Does, I mean, but... he's had some bad ideas too. like titles, a bad idea. And it was a bad idea. Well, no, I know bad ideas, but dude, he married Beyonce. Let me just, yeah, that helps. you know, I got to throw that out there. She's again. not going Beyonce, anywhere is one of the most talented did he marry beyonce i think i heard that somewhere pretty sure they do you know that i think they got married i think they. And he's got a up. daughter blue ivy yeah i don't know about the name but that's fine that's what happens when you let beyonce choose the name you know he was like I don't and we talked about how like with nwa and ice cube like ice cube is the better entertainer but dr dre is the mogul right and became a mogul ice cube couldn't exactly really become a mogul with him Jay-Z is both of those things. Like, he is still entertaining as hell. He can't act, but he's entertaining as hell to watch, to to perform, to listen to. You I'm going to go I, with listen to. He's one of the ugliest dudes on the face of the earth. Can't believe he is He's got some good music videos out there, though. He does have and some He's, he's, he's very smart. Talent. He's very talented. And he's got the business side of it down, too. Like, he, he makes good decisions. Title was a bad plan but it worked to a certain extent he and i mean kanye and beyonce are a big part of it right yeah exactly and i mean if you look at it i think everything points to the fact that jay-z is if you strip rap away jay-z is still a brilliant individual dude is not dumb by any extent and i think it expands to more than business like marriage to beyonce is he married to beyonce yeah, i think so i mean i don't know uh and Nas, you can't say any of those things about him. No, he's not a better Nas, He's not a mogul. He's not like 
He's not married to Beyonce. He did uh, marry Khalees for like a month. I don't know who the fuck that is, but Nas. Uh, is my milkshake complete... brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know she, that song. He got a tattoo of her on his arm, and then she divorced him like a week later. That's what's up. Yeah. He brought his milkshake to the yard, and she was like, damn right. I gotta make sure it's Khalees before I, I go on record with that. You're already on record, bro. It's out I know. There. I, yeah, Social but I can media. still fix it. Maybe. We'll see. But, I mean, Nas is irrelevant. Yes, it was Khalees. In every regard, except for the fact he's on those best rappers of all time lists. Whereas Jay-Z is usually number one, or in the top three at least. And he's still relevant. And he's a billionaire. Nas... Beyonce. Nas on his best day was one of the best rappers out there. Jay Z oh, on his to- worst totally day is still one of the best rappers out there. So I think the, the that's ease the in which Jay Z raps too, like you hear those stories that Jay Z pretty much just freestyles everything. Mm. And... I watched the uh, the documentary when he did the Black album. They did a documentary surrounding it with the tour and the album coming out and everything like that. And like he'd just be sitting there and like music would start playing. He'd just like start going. And it's like what the hell? I mean that's <laughs> and, it, and it was genius. So, like a lot of people can sit there and like, I'm Rick Ross and I'm a boss and you know I I do things at a loss. Like anybody can do that, but like he's coming up with real actual good things. What he like he's sitting there with Kanye West and Rick Rubin and like they're just going off and can't stop because his mind is just constantly going and putting things together. Eminem's the is... same way. I've seen interviews with Eminem where he's just like. I can rhyme anything with anything, and, like, it doesn't matter. I'll just be sitting there. He's got notebooks with scribbles all over him with just rhymes that don't make any sense in any context, but they're there, so when he wants to bring them into a context, he can't. I mean, that's, I think you said the perfect word, genius. Well, you know, why? while he's not a genius mathematician or a genius architect or, you know, a genius no, but this, doctor I mean, this takes a level of genius to be as great as these people are. Absolutely, and the way Jay Z is such a great lyricist, and fucking, it sometimes it feels like on when he's hot, like the shit he's spitting, every line means ten different things, and right. means one thing layers at to the it. same time. It, it, it's that's what makes it so fucking good, and the way it just kind of rolls off the tongue. And I found when Jay Z raps, like he doesn't necessarily fucking rhyme, like it's no. just it's brilliant and they work together like he knows the synapses of words and he can combine them in a way that is pleasing to the you know pleasing to the ear and he does a fucking great job at that whereas Nas is just really good at rhyming in mm-hmm. a you know a high vocabulary sense of the word yes i agree so major winners from this discussion Jay-Z 50 cent bow wow yeah 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 i mean i'll agree with all three of those <laughs> uh i think that's all we've got on rat beefs i think that's all we got man thank you for joining us we may revisit rat beefs if we can think of you know some more that are actually interesting to do and that we want to talk about we may revisit this down the road and maybe we'll even include tupac and biggie at that time who knows all females, man i'm saying that might be a good one we can we can look it up but it's going to be Nicki minaj versus a lot of people let us know what you think at alone yeah if you like that at APSM. yes there you go if you like this hit us on twitter let us know we'll be there uh we promise eventually we'll get these shows back closer to an hour we just had a lot to talk about lately we've had a lot to talk about and to be honest guys 
who doesn't want an extra half hour of content? If exactly, because we're fucking awesome. In an hour. Or just like skip the first half hour when we're talking about Bow Wow and Nelly and Chingy. Like skip that half hour. That's fair. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, all the music for podcasts about something is provided by those cats. You gotta stay sassy. Stay classy.